Today's daf is daf Samach Aleph. We are behind. We're holding on Samach Amr Aleph at the Mishnah. Zog day the Mishnah. Omer Isha. A person says to a woman, Harayat Mugadesh's Li, Almanasha etain lach Mosayim Zuz. You are betrothed to me on condition that I give you 200 Zuz. So he gives her a pruta. He says, You are Mugadesh's Li, but the stipulation is that I will subsequently. Give you 200 zuz. Harezim Kudesh. So the Mishnah rules that it is a good Kedushin, but but he has to fulfill his condition. Now we're going to see, there's going to be a machlokas, so when are you Mekudeshes from? Is it Mekudeshes from now? Or is it Mekudeshes from the point where he gives the 200 zuz? That's going to be a discussion in the, in, in the, in the Gemara. Let's keep going. He says that I'm going to give you 200 zuz, but he puts a time cap on it. He says within the next 30 days, right? So if he does it within the next 30 days, then it's But in love, let's say he does it day 31, now the one's going to ask, that's pshita. I mean, what's the novelty over there? He said within 30 days. If he didn't do it within 30 days, we'll discuss it. Let's say he says, listen, I'm Mekadeshus to you, and I own, I'm, I'm, I have to my name 200 Zuz. So I raise Mekadeshus, that is Mekadeshus, but Yeshlo, but he has to be able to show proof that he does have 200 Zuz to his name. In the, the language he uses in the, the last condition is, I will show you 200 Zuz. The first case was, I own 200 Zuz. You didn't say, I own 200 Zuz. You didn't have to show it. In, in the, the first case, case, he just has the proof. Go, go to local based and show you have in your bank account. Here he said, to, I will show you 200 Zuz. Right? Uh-huh. The, the key over here, he never said, I will show you that I have. He just says, I will show you. He's Mekodesh, but he has to show her that he has 200 Zuz. But Now the Rashi says the case is, let's say he is like, like a money change. The money change was the banks of old. People used to also give them money to hold. So let's say he shows her on the counter that he has, there's 200 Zuz, and a Mekodesh, it's not Mekodesh, because even though he never said that I will show you that I have 200 Zuz, he just said I'll show you 200 Zuz, it's understood when he says I will show you 200 Zuz, I'm not going to show you the neighbor's 200 Zuz, I'm going to show you my 200 Zuz. So therefore, if he's a money change, he's a bank, like he's showing her, I have on my counter 200 Zuz, that's not a proof. In, because that's, if that's somebody else's 200 Zuz, then you haven't fulfilled the stipulation. You need to be showing her what? Not any 200 Zuz. You need to be showing her your 200 Zuz. Then it's Mekodesh's. Okay, let's finish. Let's go by to Itmar, Itmar, as we've mentioned many times before, when a sugya starts with Itmar, he usually introduces a machlokis amoroyim. So it says as follows, Itmar, it was stated. Rav Huna Amar, Rav Huna says, Behu yitain, means that the, the case of the Mishnah, again, the, amor, the function of Amor is always to explain what the Mishnah means. So the Mishnah stated that if you said, Right, the language was, it's, I'm giving you a pruta now, on condition I'll give you 200 Zuz, and he has to give her the 200 Zuz. So Rav Huna says, but he has to give it. Now, we're going to see what he means is that it's not Mekudeshes right now until he gives it. But when he does give it, when is the Kedushin Chal? Retroactively from the beginning of the Kedushin. 
Rabbi Yehuda, he says, no, when it's given from that point and on, that's when it's Mekudashis. So when it says like this, it's just a basic stipulation. So therefore, if he's Mekayim the Tanai, for Ozil, then things move on. But means when it's Mekayim the Tanai, it moves on when? Though it moves on from the time of the Kedushin. Meaning like this, though, Rashi states as well, you cannot consider her Mekudashis until the condition is fulfilled. But once the condition is fulfilled, it does work retroactively from when that condition was originally stipulated, not from the point later on when the condition is fulfilled. Whereas Yehuda Amalek Shayitain, he says, no, The bottom line is, if you say to the Isha, I'm going to give you the 200 zoos. In her mind, she's not Mekudoshis until what? Until you give her the 200 zoos. When you give her the 200 zoos, that's when the condition begins. So when it says, my now, the Rashi learns well, because Rashi says at the end of the day, there's really not much significant difference because they both agree that let's say it takes two weeks to give her the 200 zoos. They both agree that during those two weeks until you give her the 200 zoos, she really is not Mekudoshis. So what's going to be the difference? Whereas there's still a huge difference between them. Let's say one week in, she accepted Kedushin from another fellow. All right? That's going to be a huge difference between them. Because even though they both agree that during the first two weeks, if the condition has not been fulfilled, she's not considered Mekudoshis, the difference is that if she does accept the 200 Zeus, according to since it goes retroactively to day one then what she accepted one week in gets wiped out because she's really Mekudashas to the person who gives the money on two week two because it goes back to like the beginning similar and Rav Yehuda have a Kedushin but according to Yehuda since it only starts when the stipulation is fulfilled so if she preempted by accepting the Kedushin from somewhere else that Kedushin now is not able to be fulfilled because she already was the Kedushin to the second guy so it's, it's very similar to what we had yesterday now Rav Yehuda have a Kedushin the first Kedushin the, 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 I mean, the, the second guy's Kedushin is a Kedushin because the first one is not Chal until later and therefore it's not able to be Chal she's already Kedushin now, says the word, this exact machlokus that we have concerning the acceptance of Kedushin with a stipulation, we find in the case of a get with a stipulation. Where do we see this? In the same way. This is what we had, I believe we had a case yesterday. What does it say over there? I don't know if we had the exact same case, but this is a case from Gittin, but it says, Unfortunately, we find very often in fights where there's a get, where the husband's holding out for the get, he wants the woman's side of the family to pay up right, before he's willing to give the get. So there's a similar situation. He says to him, I'm willing to give you the get, but there's a stipulation that you have to give me 200 zuz. That is considered a valid gittin, but she has to give the money. Now, that's very similar to our Mishnah. Now there's a machlokas. What does that mean? It means when is it a gerushin from? Because it could be looked at one of two ways. It could be a gerushin from now. She just has to give the money and retroactively it'll happen from now. Or does it mean when she gives the money from that point? Then it'll be Meguresh's, right? That's the exact same machlokas. The Itra, same players. 
Ravuna Amar she needs to give it. And Ravihuda Amar and when she gives it. Ravuna Amar that means when she that, 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 that she just has to give it. To know how it's a regular stipulation. Makaima to know when the stipulation is fulfilled for Azla. And you just it, you feel, it means literally means you, you give it and, and, and life goes on. But it means and by the way Raj explains and then and, and means and it's Goresh's from the point in time when the stipulation was made. Even though till the money is given, we cannot consider Goresh's, but once it's given, then everything moves forward from when the stipulation was made, not from when the money is given. Rav Yehuda Amalekashayitain, what does it mean, Lechiyavilau, only from the point when she gives the money to the man, Hudahava Gita, get, then it's a get, but Hashta, but now, Means the first two weeks until let's say she gave the money, me alone have a get. It's not a get, and even retroactively, it's not a get. It's only from week second the second week and on is she meguresha. Again, the one says my benayu. What is the difference between the two of them? They both agree for the first two weeks until the money is given, she's not meguresha. So what's going to be the difference between them? Whereas I'll tell you what the difference between them is because according to the, according to Rav Huna, the get starts from the beginning, from, week, from day one. Whereas according to Rav Yehuda, the get only starts from day 14. It's going to come out a big difference. What happens if the get got lost or torn or destroyed? Right? Now, if you hold it goes retroactive from one, at that point we had the get, then it's Megoreshes. But if you hold the get only starts from day 14, and there is no get anymore on day 14 because one week in, if there was a fire and it got burned up, you can't be Megoreshes. You can't say give the money and now you're going to be Megoreshes because if it has to start now, you need the get now. Now, about the dates and things like that, there's also some other complications. But nevertheless, the bottom line is you need the actual material get. You need it in order to Goreshes if it starts from day 14. But if it starts from day one, retroactively, you don't need that document on day 14. Tomorrow says like this, So let's say the get got torn or it got lost. Ravuna says that's not a problem. Even though you don't have it on day 14 when she pays the money, not a problem. Why? Because you can no, because retroactively to day one, on day one the get was there, so therefore it's good, it works. But the Rav Yehuda law have a get. According to Yehuda, it's not a not a get. Now again, the way I understand this, it could be that in the base medrash when they were learning kedushin, they brought this, the machlokas up concerning kedushin. But when they were learning uh, when they were learning gerush, they brought. But why, when the editors Ravina and Ravashi, when they edited and put for posterity. Torah Shabal Peh, why did they feel a need to record both Machlokasin, right? That's the way I understand. No, why did they argue Machlokasin? That happens to be. They were talking about Kedushin, they argued there. But it means why was it recorded for us to study in posterity in Maseches Kedushin and Maseches Gitin, both Machlokasin? If it's the same principles apply, why not learn one from the other? That is the question they're going to ask. But Tzricha, the answer to that is it's necessary because one cannot be deduced from the other. Why not? Because if you only recorded the machlokas between Rav Huna and Rav Yehuda by the case of Kedushin, maybe that's where Rav Huna says that it goes retroactively. You know why? Because the act of Kedushin, you want to bring this woman to you. You want to be with her. So the earlier it could work, the better it is for you. So you want it to start from day one. So we understand that's why he's willing to maintain that it was retroactively. Because he wants to be close to her. But where you're actually now sending her away, you might think that you don't want it to start from day one. Maybe you would like there to be this buffer period of 14 days. 
to be able to, maybe there'll be a, a conciliation, a reconciliation, will be something that maybe you don't mean, maybe he would not hold it starts retroactively from day one, but he agrees with Rav Yehuda that it only goes from day 14. That is coming really to distance her, to send her away. Maybe he agrees with Rav Yehuda. Okay, fine. So let's show that that's not the case by just recording the machlok as in the case of Gittin. Right? You see that Sephora doesn't apply if you say the machlok by case of Gittin. So why do we need to also record in the case of Kedushin? And if you only recorded this machlok as by the case of Gittin, right? maybe the Ravuna said over there, meaning like this, remember, the man has to collect the money. In the case of Gittin, he has to go after her for the money. Right? So he said, he holds that in the case of Gittin, it works retroactively from day one. Ah, he hasn't got the money yet. No, because a man's not embarrassed to go after the woman for the money, especially he's got no feelings towards her anymore. So the man's not embarrassed. He has no problem in his mind. This is a get from today. I, she's going to have to give me the money. So when she'll give me the money, it'll be retroactive from today. That's what could have thought, right? So therefore, he has no compunction. He's not embarrassed to co- collect the money from the woman. But in the case of Kedushin, remember what has to happen over there, she has to collect the money from the man. And that's her husband. So you might think, in such a case, she thinks to herself, listen, it's gonna be hard getting the money from him. I, in my mind, when do I want it to work? Not from retroactive from today. I want it to work when he gives me the money. Because I'm nervous that what? He may not. He may not. So therefore, you might think there, Ravuna agrees with Yehuda that it doesn't work retroactive in the case of Kedushin. It only goes from day 14. Kamash Malan, that in both cases, Ravuna holds those retroactively from day one. Abal Hacha, the Eve, Kasifala, that she is embarrassed. There are reservations, Lamitvai, to collect from her husband, who now she's close. But you're going to go after your husband. So therefore, Ema Moidalei, Ravuna, maybe agrees with Yehuda that in her mind, it's not Mekudesh until the money's actually collected and it doesn't go retroactive to day one. So therefore, it's necessary. The Gemara asks a kasha again, standard procedure. Let's bring down the Tanoim and see who the Amaroim, who see, see who fits with the Tanoim. It says as follows, and you'll see right away who this fits like. Familiar? Yes, that's the case that we were discussing. Even if the get was torn, or was destroyed, that she is considered to be Megureshes retroactive to day one. But but, but but still, she unless the money was actually given during the 14 days, she should no, got, not go and get married to anyone else because even if you hold it retroactively goes back to day one, that only takes place at what point where the money is actually given on day 14. So don't go and marry someone else in the first 14 days unless the money actually has been given. Stop right there. That's clearly a proof for which position? For Ravuna. It works retroactively. That's what we said would be the difference if you don't have the paper around on day 14. According to Ravuna, you don't need it because you had it on day one. According to Yehuda, it only starts on day 14. You have to have the paper. So this seems to be clearly the position of Rav Huna. Tanya, and furthermore, we learned in another bride. So, right? This is, it says like this that are you, that you are divorced on condition you will give me 200 Zeus. Vemes, and what happens is that, that before she was able to give him the 200 Zeus, got a heart attack, fell over, and died. Now you would say, bottom line is, she didn't fulfill the condition. If she didn't fulfill the condition, then what? And therefore she needs Yibum. If there were no children, 
and their brothers, she would need Yibum, right? Right. Now, Vemes, Nasna, if she was able to give the money before he died, and then you don't have a situation of Yibum. She's not bound to the Yavum. But she wasn't able to get the money in before he died, then she needs Yibum. Now, Rosh Gamliel is a little more creative. He says, no. Even after he dies, she can fulfill the stipulation by giving the money either to his brothers or to his father, or one of the close relatives. That would still be a fulfillment of the, con- of the condition. If that's a fulfillment of the condition, then what? Retroactively, she's Megoreshes. Now, this clearly, the one is going to point out, shows that, the, that, that the, like the position of Ravuna. Right? We're going to see this for sure in Rabshuin Gabriel shows Rafuna. Because according to Yehuda, the Gerushin only starts when, it, when the condition is fulfilled. The guy's dead. There's no such thing as a posthumous get. But if it goes retroactively to when he was alive, then you could say, Megoresha. So this clearly shows that it goes retroactively to day one. That's the point it's making. Now, and the one that makes it even stronger. The only argument between the Tanakhama and Rashim Gamlil is, can you fulfill the condition by giving it to any other relative, or does it have to Davka be the husband? According to, according to the Tanakhama, according to the first, I mean, I mean according to Tanakhama, it's got to be the husband, because that's what he meant, right? If, if he would have spoken out to give it to the relatives, but he never spoke that out. Shemuel says, no, you speak out, you got to give it to me. He also includes in that, you can give it to the relatives. But that's the only argument. But you, no one has the problem, I, what about it to get posthumously? No one seems to say that that's the issue. Because it's not a posthumous get. Because if the condition is fulfilled, it goes retroactively to day one. So, at kan Right, Ella the Marsavar, the the, the Tanakama holds. When you say you got to give it to me, it means to me specifically, below the Yorshai and not my relatives. Whereas of Shimon Gamliel holds Marsavar, I feel the Yorshai means even to my relatives. But you see, the Kula Alma Mia Tanahave, everyone still agrees it works like a regular condition that when it's fulfilled, it will go back to the point of when that stipulation was stated, where the husband would still have been around, and therefore it's considered to be a good get. So to you to the Rav Yehuda. This would seem to be a refutation on the position of Rav, Rav Huna. Now it doesn't close the loop. Usually it goes to Yufta, to Yufta. The reason it doesn't close the loop because there is a way that Rav Yehuda technically could get out of the question. That's why it doesn't say to Yufta, Rav Huda, to Yufta. It's just to Yufta, Rav Huda. That, is this not, in fact, one second, is this not a to Yufta and Rav Yehuda? Amalach Rav Yehuda, Rav Yehuda, we're here today. The way Rav Yehuda will defend himself, which is again classic. How do you defend yourself if you have a clear Raisa or Mishnah disagreeing with the position of the Amora. No, you need to bring another Tana oh, that tana. backs you. Show a different Tana oh, that you backs you. Right. So says like this, how money Rebbe he says there of Yehuda, that position that you're asking a refutation for me, that's true, there is such a position, that is the position of Rabbeinu HaKadosh, of Rebbe, Rabbi Yehuda Anasi. To Amar Ravuna, Amar Rebbe, because Ravuna himself said in the name of Rebbe, anytime you use the word Almanas on condition, that's as if you said the words, as if you said, I wanted to start from now. That's Rebbe's position. So we understand anytime there's a condition using the words Almanas, it works retroactively to from when? It works retroactively from now. It comes from now. That, and that makes sense. Therefore, it works retroactively. But Rabbi Yehuda is not unopposed. 
Not Rabbi Yehuda, Rebbe. Rebbe's not unopposed. Who agree, disagrees with him? They say they don't agree. Because you use the words almanas, doesn't mean it goes retroactive from, the, from now. It doesn't necessarily have to mean that. And therefore says Rav Yehuda, I hold like the Chachamim that the fact that you say Amanas doesn't make it retroactive, but when you fulfill the condition you made, from Amen. that point and on, from that point and on it works. So therefore, and I hold like the Rabbon. So therefore, what Rabbi Yehuda the Amora would find an out, a way out that he does not have a refutation against him. Yes, that clearly, that shows that it goes retroactively to day one, but that's going like Rebbe, because Rebbe holds, anytime you use the expression almanas, it's a stipulation that means it goes retroactive to day one. But the Chachamim don't say that. Chachamim say, unless you speak out clearly that I want it to be from now, it doesn't automatically mean that it goes retroactively, it therefore could be from when you fulfill the condition from day 14. Is when it works. Are you saying, Rabbi? So you saying with almanat, he's not putting the word on day one. He just almanat. Yeah, Rebbe Halls. And anytime you say something is unconditioned, this gets fulfilled. What you mean, unconditional, get fulfilled? It'll go retroactive till now. That's what it means. The Chacham don't necessarily agree with that, and therefore says Rabbi Yehuda, uh, the cases that we were arguing about were cases of almanat. <coughs> I acknowledge there is a position that goes retroactively, but that's not the Chachamim's position. That's Rebbe's position. I hold the Chachamim would not hold that, and therefore on day 14 is when it's Chal, not retroactively to day one. Okay, Gufa, this itself was just quoted, that this text was just mentioned. Amar Ravuna, Amar Rebbe. Ravuna said in the name of Rebbe, Kol Omer Amanas, Omer Ma'achshav Dami. Now, we have a, one of the uh, uh, great Tanoyim, I'm going to say the great Amaroyim of Bavo, his name is Rab Zeiro. Rab Zeiro lived in Bavel, and then he went on Aliyah, and he moved to Eretz Yisrael. In fact, I think there's a Tosfus that says that he, you'll find sometimes there's a Rav Zeira, and sometimes you'll find Rebbe Zeira. It doesn't mean they're two different people, that there was no smicha in Bavel. So he's called Rav, when he did not have an official smicha, when he moved to Eretz Yisrael and got the official smicha, then he's called Rebbe Zeira. Anyway, the point is, the Rav Zeira say, Rebbe Zeira says like this, Ki avina when I lived in Bavel, Right? Hava Amrinon, they would say, means this is the way we understood the Machlokas in Bovel. Hadam Ravunam Rebbe, Kola Omra Amanaska, Omra Ma'achshav Dami, is that the, uh, that, that statement made by Rebbe that Almanas means retroactive to, that's as if you said from now, from the time of stipulation, retroactive to the time of stipulation, that's the position of Rebbe. Right? And Pligi Rabbonin Aleh, and the Rabbonin disagree with him. Which is, by the way, the way we just explained what Rav Yehuda held. That's the way Rav Yehuda got out of the problem, because I hold like the Chachamim who disagree. So in Bavo, we learned that that's a machlokas, whether you say Amanas means Ma'achshav. Kisal Gilohasam, when I went up to there, where's there? Israel. And I went up to Eretz Yisroel, where it's called Ma'arova in the West. When I went up to Eretz Yisroel, Ashkechel Rabbi Asi. I found Rabbi Asi was a Talmud of Rabbi Yechonon. Rabbi Yechonon was one of the Gdol Ador at the time in Eretz Yisroel. Right, he was the Gdol Ador. He actually edited the Talmud Yerushalmi. So it says, Rabbi Asi, the Yosivik Amar Lamish made Rabbi Yechonon that said over in the name of Rabbi Yechonon, no, I call Moedim Be'oyma Amanas Ko'yma Achshav Dami. If you use the words Amanas, there's no Machlokas. Everyone agrees with the Shita of Rabbi. There's no Machlokas that if you use Amanas, it goes retroactive from now. That's right. The Lord Nechlaku, the 
argument. There is a machlokus, Rebbe and the Chachamim, whether something works retroactively or it only works from the time that it's fulfilled and on, but that's a different case. Ela mahayom la that if you use the expression from today until after I die, if you use the expression from today until after I die, we had this a couple of days ago, machlokus like this. There, what does that mean? Does that mean um, uh, that it's going to be posthumously? which, and by the way, is in a case of get, then it wouldn't work, or does it mean retroactively from today? That's where you will find a machlokas. So almanas, which you can hear, the word almanas sounds like a stipulation that's retroactive. There's no machlokas, says Rab Zeira. In Eretz Yisrael, that's how they learned it. Rab Asi said the name of Yechonon. Almanas, retroactively, from, it's as if you said now. But if you use Mahayom Lachamisa, that's questionable. Was that a stipulation that's retroactive, or is that almost like a retraction, it should only work Posthumously, we had that machlokas. Vatanya, now vatanya here means is benechusa. It means should not be read as a question. Rashi, the word vatanya is a tricky word. Nine out of ten times it means, ah, did we not learn in a brisa, which means it's being asked as a challenge. Sometimes it's being brought as a support. When you look in Rashi, he'll say vatanya benechusa. Nechusa means gently. It means read it gently, meaning it's not being asked as a challenge, but it's actually coming as a support. That's how you know which one it is. When it's, a, when it's actually a question, Rashi says, Tema, or Betmiya, in wonderment, is being asked as a, a question. So what's about time we learned in a, about as we learned in a so Mahayom Lachar Miso, that if, a person uses the expression of a yom lachamisa, get the ain't or get. Chachamim say, this is a question about get. Now we already explained what does it mean, because it could mean a retraction. I want it to be for a yom. No, no, I changed my mind. I want to be posthumously, but posthumously won't work. But it could mean he meant it from today. So therefore, but it's not for sure a retroactive condition. Whereas Rebbe <coughs> <Rebbe> disagrees. <coughs> he says the same way as by Almanas, it's retroactive from today, from when the stipulation was made. This is also a viable stipulation, and it will be a good get, because it does not mean posthumously. When is this get going to be chal? When I die, it triggers it that it goes retroactively to when I was alive, and it will be a good get. So therefore, Rebbe says, kazeh get. This is a good get. So we have over here, just keep the focus over here, we don't lose the, 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 the train of thought. We had in Bavel, they learned the machlokas. This is the way Rav Yehuda, Rav Yehuda, to get out of the teyufta that we had on him, says, yes, Rebbe Shita is when you use the word almanas, it's retroactive to, uh, to, uh, from the time of the stipulation. But the Chachamim disagree. Even if you use the word almanas, it's not a stipulation. When the condition is fulfilled, from the time of the fulfillment of the condition, and on does it take place. That is a, according to that's Rav Yehuda's way of understanding, it's machlokas tanoim in that. In Eretz Yisrael said, no, in that case, everybody agrees. Like it sounds, almanas is a condition, retroactive stipulation. There's no machlokas. Where is the machlokas, Rebbe and the Chachamim, if you said mahayom la'achar misa? So now the Gemara comes back and asks as follows. According to Rav Yehuda, that they argue not only in the case of Mahayom Ola Misa, but they also argue in the case of Almanas. So when it says Rabbi Yehuda to Amr Almanas, Nami Pligi, so why in Eretz Yisrael, why in, 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 uh, in the Brisa that we brought down this Machlokas that they argue by a case of Mahayom Ola Misa, why are you giving that as the Machlokas, right? 
If the, the, the bigger chiddush is in a case of where you say almanas, almanas, which clearly sounds like a condition, according to him, even then the Chachamim say it's not a retroactive stipulation. So instead of arguing in the case of Mahayom La'achar Misa, why don't they argue in the case of almanas in the Brisa? That's the Gemara's question. In Eretz Yisrael makes sense because they don't argue in the case of almanas. That's why the Brisa presents the case of Mahayom La'achar Misa. But according to, according to Rav Yehuda, the Amora, who learned they argue in the case of Almanas, why doesn't the Brisa present the case of the Almanas? Why is it presenting the case of Ayom Lachamisa? So therefore, Adam Ivlik, instead of arguing in the Ayom Lachamisa, Nivlik Almanas, they should argue in the case of the Almanas as well. Says it more like this: is that you're right? Technically, that would be true. But if you show that they argue in the case of the argue in the case of Ayom Lachamisa, who who are you showing the parameters of who is being broadcast? Remember, Rebbe Re, Rebbe held that Almanas for sure is a condition, right? But he says it's even a condition when you use Mayom La'achamisa. So what, what Rabbi Yehud is saying is the reason why it's bringing down the Machlok's Mayom La'achamisa because it wants to showcase that Rebbe holds even in the case of Mayom La'achamisa, which doesn't sound as much as if it's a condition. It could sound as a retraction. Even there, Rabbi Yehuda holds, Rabbi Tana holds that it's considered to be a condition. So that's what he answered. The reason it didn't bring down the machlok is in the case of Almanas, because it wants to, it wants to show you, showcase the strength of Rebbe, that even my Yom Lachamisa, Nami Hareza Get, it is retroactive, it's considered a get, it's not a posthumous get, it was not a retraction. So it's more like this, okay, I hear you, but why are you showcasing Rebbe? You could have made the exact same argument, let's show Showcase the Chachamim. Even in the case of Almanaz, where it does sound like a retroactive stipulation, they hold it's not. So the Brizer should have said the case of Almanaz, and instead of showcasing Rebbe, why not showcase the majority opinion? Why not showcase the position of the Chachamim? Why don't they also argue in the case of the Almanaz, to showcase the position of the Chachamim? So what it says, very important you saw, is the Chachamim of the stringent opinion here? They hold that what? They hold that we don't say it works retroactively, automatically, and therefore it's a good get. Right? We don't say that. They are the ones, oh, you have to be concerned. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe it was a retraction. Whenever you have an opportunity to show, it's easy to be the machmir. To show the stringent opinion, it's very, anyone can be a machmir. When a person wants to take on himself the responsibility to be the lenient opinion, so you always showcase the lenient opinion. We would rather show the lenient opinion. Why is Rebbe considered the lenient opinion? Because he says it works retroactive and it is considered a good get and she doesn't need Yibum. That's considered to be the lenient opinion, so that's the one we're showcasing. Let's go on. So we had a case we thought to see, it seemed to be very simple. He says, I'm gonna give you 200 zuz, but, and I'm gonna do it within 30 days. If he doesn't do it within the 30 days, it is not a good kedushin. Then when it says that that seems to be a no-brainer. If the stipulation was do it within 30 days, there's no, no not subject to machlokas. Obviously, it's animal aggression. Why is there a need to go ahead and say that if he doesn't do it, let's say he does it day 31, but he didn't fulfill the condition. Why? Because the condition was on day 30. Zygmunt says like this, I'll tell you why. Because Zygmunt uh, suggests as follows. That maybe the guy, the, the, maybe the, the, the situation over here is as follows, is that the person wants to be Makadashur, right? He really wants Makadashur, and he wants her to feel confident that he's going to do it. So he says, I'll do it within the next 30 days. Fine, I'll give it to you within the next 30 days, 
means in his mind, even if he gives it to her within the next 40 days, he still wants Mekadeshah. The only reason he mentioned 30 days is to show that he's serious about it and that he is, there's, there is putting in, what? He's committed. He's putting it, he's being mazaras himself. It's like a form of being a, a lacquer. But it doesn't mean that if it's not within 30 days, that it would be not a kedushin, kamash malan. That if you said 30 days and you don't do it within 30 days, it's enim kedushin. That's the point. So Gemara says as follows. Says Gemara, look, isn't it a pshitim? I was just saying, a lav t'noahu. That 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 really he didn't mean it as a as, as a binding stipulation that would undermine the kedushin. But leziruze ka'amar, he's only doing it as a way of showing the woman that he's being mazaras himself. There's alacrity. He's going to get it done quickly. But it doesn't mean that he wants it not to be a good kedushin if he does it on day thirty-one. Let's say kamash malan. No, if you said thirty, thirty means not thirty-one, and thirty-one would not be mekudeshes. Amanashi Yeshim Hashanim Zuz. Now he said that if he says on condition that I have 200 Zuz in the bank, so then it, it, he has to be able to show that he has 200 Zuz in the bank. But so the way it was Mashma, if he doesn't show that he has 200 Zuz in the bank, then what? Not right. So Moira says, well, how do you know that it should be just not Mekadesh? Maybe he has it, he just hasn't shown it to us. Why are you assuming it should at least be a Suffolk Mekadesh? You don't know for sure that he doesn't have it, right? So therefore, why is it, uh, it's black or white? This should not be a black or white. There should be a gray area here. So Moses says like this, maybe he does be concerned that maybe he does. But oh, and furthermore, we have a bride that Mamish says explicitly, it says, that if he shows that it's Mekodesh, if he hasn't shown it yet, we are concerned, and therefore it's a suffix, Mekodesh, he can't run off now and marry someone else, because why? He, he might, he, no, not because of the red dragon, because he might still have it. He might still have it. What is like Kasha? You're right. It's not a difficulty. Our mission is talking about is it Vadim and It's not Vadim and until what? Until he shows it. We're not saying that if he doesn't show it's Vadim and Kudeshes, then might be a suffering. Like the Bryce says, how did suffering? The Bryce talk is saying it's focusing on the might be a Kudeshes suffering. But not, the, the, our mission doesn't do the exclusion of Kudeshes suffering. I'm just saying to make it a Kudeshes Vadai, he Vadai has to show it. So it says, on condition I can show you 200 Zuz. It says it more like this. Tana, we learned in a Bryce, uh, even though he never said, he said, I'm going to show you 200 Zuz. He never said, I'm going to show you my 200 Zuz. We understand it can't just be showing you the stuff he has on the table that somebody's maybe giving him to watch, right? Because in her mind, what she was niskaven when she accepted the condition, what does she excavate? When he says that oh, I can show you 200 Zuz, what does she, she mean? Expected, she expected to see it then, right? Not just to see it, <coughs> but to see that he owns it. That's the key point over there. Now, the last case in the Mishnah was, and he shows her on the table, and when he says that seems to be pshita. Obviously, it seems to be, what do you think, that she meant she don't, come show me the neighbor has 200 Zuz, I mean, the case is talking about like this, that there was, there was a, uh, a, uh, a, a, a method of, 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 of depositing things by someone. Let's say a guy goes to a, a money change. He said, listen, I'm giving you here $1,000 worth of pennies. I'd like you to bring it back into, uh, give me $1,000 of silver coins, all right? I'll be back in two weeks. What I am allowing you is, in the interim, if you have any good business deals coming along, then we can go ahead and you can deposit and we will split up some of the uh, 
profit, or maybe that'll be the payment for your changing oh, my right. money. Yeah. Isn't it? Is it that he can invest it in something else, or no? Just as he converts. No, no, it I mean, no, no. I'm, I'm still wanting. That. I want that. I'm coming back in, in in a month. You better be able to give me a thousand dollars worth of silver. I am allowing you some leeway, maybe this is actually the payment for the deal, is you can go ahead and use that investment, but you better have the money back. Now, you could argue, therefore, since he has some right of investment in the $1,000, maybe that fulfills the condition when he told the wife that I have $1,000, Kamash Malan, it does not. Because that is not, you need a uh, no-strings-attached $1,000, and not $1,000 that he has to go ahead and return at the end of two months. The fact that he's allowed to invest it right now doesn't mean that it's his $2,000, and that's the Kiddush of, that would be the Kiddush. So therefore, so says the Gemara, the Nakad Meibe Iska. Nakad Meibe Iska, Raja is the Machsizcha, means it's not coming a percentage deal of investment, but it doesn't make it completely free and clear his, and therefore does not fulfill the condition of the marriage. Let's go weiter. Now, this Mishnah seems to be rep- re- repeating a lot of the, of the information before, and we will question why, are we, why do we need it. So, a person says to a woman, uh, I, I, I'm a you, a base kur, basically like saying I have an acre worth of property. Base kur actually is that it's got, uh, it's got, it, it's 30 saw. It's a certain amount of soil that can produce uh, 30 saw of produce. Right, seven. I think it's seventy-five thousand square square amos. I think that's what the uh, amount is. All right. Amanashi yesh the base kur of of soil. Harezim a kudeshes v'yeshlo. It's mekudeshes, but he has to be able to show that what he does own such a property. Right. Amanashi yesh the v'makom ploni. Now let's say not only do I own it, but I own it in a certain locale. Right. So im so if he can show that he has it in that locale, But im lav, but if not, even though he does own it, but it is in a different area, Now the one's gonna say, what's the difference to her? We'll see in a moment. Here, this is the last case. I will show you, I will show you five acres of property, right? Now, uh, so it says like this, it is a good condition, but he has to be able to show it that he has the five acres. He takes up to the, to, the, to the top of the valley and says, look at all this property over here. Look, five acres of property. It's Edom Kodeshes. Why is it Edom Kodeshes? Because she doesn't care about seeing five acres. What does she care about? Seeing five acres that belong to him. Similar to the case we had before. Just saying, I'm going up and showing you the, all of that, the whole valley doesn't make it Mekudeshes. That's not a fulfillment of the condition. Even though he never said, I own it, I will show it to you. It's the same thing as saying, I will show you that I own the five acres. All right. It says him as follows. That why are you, same, same, same chocolate type before. He says, I'm announced that I have five acres. And then it says that if, if it doesn't show, it's Edom Kodesh, right? Why? Maybe he has it, just hasn't shown it yet. How, why is it Vada Edom Kodesh? Maybe he still does have it, he just hasn't shown it. Oh, and furthermore, the bride says explicitly, it says, It's, 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 it's a Suffolk Mekudesh. If he doesn't show it, it's at least a Suffolk Mekudesh because we have to worry that maybe he does own it. Where it says, look, gosh, it's not difficult. Our mission is talking about in order to be a Vada Kedushin, what does he have to do? He has to show that he has it. The Bryce is saying when it says that, uh, that we have to worry that he has it, means it's, uh, it's talking about the suffix. If he doesn't show us, 
it doesn't mean that it's Enema Kodeshes. We still have to be Mesafek, right? Unless I guess he says clearly I lied and I don't have it, then a taka would be. But if he still maintains he has it, even though he hasn't been able to show it, so then it's still the Asafek Mekodeshes. So what it says like this. These two Mishnayas literally are saying the same principle. So, Why do you have to show Mamish the same principle, the same case, in one case with money, and in one case with land? Bottom line, he says that he has it, he has to show it. Right? Doesn't show it, it's not a vada, maybe it's a suffix, but same exact scenario, just changing the, 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 changing the money or the land. What's the difference? So, when it says like this, it's necessary. When it says like this, money is much easier to hide. So therefore, maybe you only have to be concerned if he can't show the money. Money, it's tied up somewhere. It's in a, and it's in, it's in litigation. And money, you can hear that a person is not able to show. Usually, if a person has land, we know about it. So if he can't show, what we would say is that the chances are that what he doesn't have it. So maybe it's not even a suffolk megureshes. Uh, that doesn't have to just be money. The same thing applies even by land. And even if we're not aware of it, it's still enough to create a Suffolk Mekudeshis. So therefore, Because money, a person can conceal. You hide money. They're offshore accounts, right? People hide money. Not everyone knows what money people have. But property, generally, you do a title search. People know who owns property. Property and where it is, right? So therefore, Ema, therefore you might think, either Isle Ara, if the person actually owned the land, Kala Isle, it would have had a call. What does a call mean? It would have been something that would be no. public knowledge. So they have a Kamash Malan comes to teach me that even if we don't know about it, you can't assume it doesn't exist and it'll still be a suffix Mikudeshis. So we ask the question. It says that if on the condition that I have a certain property, so it says, but in a certain place, so it says he has to have it in that place. If he doesn't have it in that place, then it's not a Kedushin. So it says in Rapshid, that seems to be obvious. So when it says like this, it's not such an obvious thing. Because why does a woman care? Right? Remember, in an agricultural society, why does a woman care that a person should own property? Why does she care? I'm getting into a marriage, and he says, I have five acres of property. Because the Chorah, not just the Ksuba, because it was after they divide, but oh, yeah, it means the condition of, I can feed you. I have a source of income. So you could argue, the Chorah, so therefore, the fact that it's not in the place where I said it is, that's not your headache. At the end of the day, so I have to go further and schleppen. But as long as I have the property and I can, I'm willing to schleppen, you will still have your source of income. So you might have thought that even though he said that I have property in, 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 in the city, and now it comes out that property is in the valley, but as long as, again, agriculturally, it should make no difference, as long as the bottom line, and we live in the city, I have to step to the valley to get it every day, that's my headache, not yours. You would think it's still in the Kodesh, it's Kamash Malan, no. That the condition was that it has to be in a certain place, it's not in that place. It's ain't a kodeshes. So he says to him, "What do you care? I'm going to go and schlep and bring it, and I'll make sure you get the parnosa." Kamash Malan comes to teach you. If you said it's in a specific place, maybe it's for status. I'm not sure exactly what the cheshbon is, but the bottom line is, it has to be where you said it's going to be. Let's keep going. Amanash erech beis afar. 
So he says like this, that if he said, I'm going to show you five acres, he can't just take it to the top of the mountain and the valley and show, oh, five acres, doesn't work. What is, because what in her mind, what does it mean when you said, I'm going to show five acres? Oh, I'm going to own five acres. When it says, Tarnam, look the she did not have intent to acquiesce, to agree. She wants to see his own. So he says, and therefore if she shows it in the valley, obviously you show somebody else's land, it's the same type of answer before. Distura was an agreement a sharecropper would have with the owner. He comes down and he gets a percentage of the land. So therefore he's showing her, what if he shows her property that he has percentage too? Does that fulfill the condition of the... No, does not. Because at the end, it's like the case of money. Because at the end of the day, even if he gets a percentage, it's not free and clear his property. So therefore, right. Now, the Gemara says as follows. Let's have, this, has, this needs a bit of a build-up. But the one says like this, is that we have Allah as follows. In when there is a base Hamigdash and there is Yovel, if someone consecrated, we know that if you basically uh, uh, sell uh, land that is ancestral land, that at the Yovel, what happens if you sell it to other? It goes back to the seller. That's the Allah. There's a difference when you consecrate to the base Hamigdash. When you consecrate to the base Hamigdash, you have an opportunity to redeem it. But if you don't redeem it and the Yovel comes, it becomes free, free and clean. Yovel or one year? I thought it was the, the, only one year. Oh, no, 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 no. But if, if, if you, it becomes free and clear the property of the base amygdas, they give it to the Khan and et cetera, whatever the, the din is. But it, it becomes there, I don't even know, it becomes the, the property of the base amygdas. Now, if you do want to redeem it, the Torah sets forth a, 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 a standard of the amount that has to be given. So we ha- you have to give one shekel for each zerachomus saorim. Zerachomus saorim is a certain amount of barley that's produced from the, pr- the size of the property, and you have to give one shekel per that. Now, the way it works is it's that if there are, uh, it, 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 it's not a standard, it depends on how close it is to Yovel. Because obviously the closer to Yovel, the less valued that property, that property is, right? Everyone understand? Because it's, uh, it only can be used by the Yovel. So it gets closer to Yovel, so it, it's 50, it starts off with being 50 shekel for that zero, and it goes down 49, 48, 47, and uh, even if whether it's, it's class A property or it's class C property, it's a standard that is set in place, all right? Now, we're talking, we're going to talk about a situation where somebody uh, uh, consecrated, donated to the base of Migdash, a large piece of property, and now he wants to come and redeem it. So it's redeemed on, based on the Zerah Chomers Saorim, based on the Shkolim, and how much, how close it is. But let's say this property had in it either a, an outcropping of rock, or it had in it a, um, it had in it uh, a d- ditches. So if the outcrop of rock was ten fachim or more, or the ditch was ten fachim, it's going to say is that when you calculate the area for how much it is to know to go with the shekel, the zerasarim saolog balance, you don't include in it the area that has this outcropping of rock or the ditch that is less ten fachim. So let's see it inside. So tonight, agabe hegdish, concerning hegdish, the rule is as follows. We learn over there. Is that... Um, is, is, is that 
So that it's 50 shekel, that's normally 50 shekel for a core of barley. So it says, Amagdish the Shasa if Yovel is in effect, right? Nosen Bezera Chomer Saorim, then you give for a Zera Chomer Saorim, that's a, 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 a property that's a size large enough to produce a Chomer of barley seed. You have to give Chamishim Shekel Kesef. If it is year one, you're going to give 50 shekels Kesef, all right? Right, obviously it'll drop down as it gets closer to the oval. If there were ditches that were ten tefachim deep, or sloyim gevoyim asar tefachim, or you had outcropping of uh, of of rock that is ten tefachim high, einim daidim imo, they are not measured together to get the area that is needed. That the, the area of a chomer seorim. Now, now. However, if these ditches were less than ten tefachim deep, so then nimdadin imo, so then you can use you do calculate the surface area as part of the chomer saorim again because it's not does it it's not necessarily that some some might produce more some might produce but it, there's a standard it doesn't matter the quality of the field that it as fits within that standard. Now, Now we had the following, per, we were perplexed by this. Now, even if you tell me that when you consecrated it, you don't count the, the, the ditches or the outcrop, right? You don't count it together with the, uh, the rest of the field in the measurement. Now, but the, the way the Mishonim, the Rashi explains over here, is that, of course, it becomes kadosh. If you consecrated a piece of property and there happen to be these things in there, even if you tell me <coughs> that we don't calculate it together with the rest of the field, but on its own, it should be considered consecrated and it should require its own redemption on its own. Now, it might be that the redemption that it requires is not one that's necessary, necessarily uh, but based on the, uh, on, on the same calculation, maybe not. But we'll, we'll see, yes or no. But it should for sure require some level. The way it's mashma right now, you don't even, you don't, you don't even calculate. You don't even take it into account. So what it says like this. So says the Gemara. Even if it doesn't become consecrated together with the rest of the land. But on their own it should be consecrated. So therefore, the more reason, I, I, I just tweak this a little bit. The more saying is, so it should be calculated on its own, not at its real value, but it should have its own calculation based on the 50 shekel for a base kur, which is a Homer Seorim calculation. Now the chit and maybe you'll tell me that the assumption is that this outcrop of rock or this cleft will not be the full size of a base kur. And anything that's not a full size of a base kur does not fall into that calculation, but has to be redeemed at its true value. Maybe that would be the shot, And that's why it's not calculated to that. We know that's not true. The That as long as it doesn't reach the amount of land that's called a base kur, there may be loy chashiv. It's not considered significant enough. And therefore, it doesn't go under that standard of the 50 shekel for a base kur. And it's then uh, it's deconsecrated at its own value. For I mean, I'll show you not like that. The Pazik says like this, Sade. The, the, the Pazik says... Uh, let me see the image there. Achuzoso, Yagdish Isla, Shevaya, 
Alright, the Pesach says that if the field of, 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 of the ancestral field, he will consecrate. Now the word field there is extra. He could have said, if his ancestral, he could have means ancestral field. Why do you have to write the word sade? Just say, his ancestral position, the only thing we got ancestrally is the land. So why do you have to write the word sade? So therefore, Matamud Loma, why do you have to write it? Because the Torah sets the standard, and the standard starts with for one chomer, which is the base kur, 50 shekel. So maybe it only starts using that cheshben of that uh, uh, calculation when you have a base kur, then the 50 shekel law applies. How do we know if you only had a uh, base kur is 30 saw? Maybe you only had 15 saw, is a lesser. Or chati lechzer, seven and a half saw. Or uh, Tarkov, or maybe you have one saw is three kavim. If you have only one saw, or you have a half a saw, or chazi Tarkov is three kavim, or chazi Tarkov, one and a half kavim, but I feel even a quarter of a kav, which is a very small property. How do you know it still goes according to the 50 shekel for base kur calculation? That's the word sada. Sada, any type of sada. Tamikoma come any size. But what we've pointed over here, the, the size of it doesn't matter. So we're back to our question. So why is the cleft? or the, either the ditch in the field or the outcrop uh, of the, the, the stone. Why is that not calculated? Even if it's, 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 it, on its own, it should be calculated using the 50 shekel standard. So Amar Amar Ukva Bar Chama Hachma Kaim Mayi Maskinen. We're talking about that these clefts are full of water. Now, if a cleft is full of water, obviously, what is it not going to be producing? Not producing uh, any, any produce. That's why it cannot go according to the 50 shekel. Because 50 shekel thing is based on the capacity to produce. That's why it doesn't say it because it's full of water. Because it's not possible to plant. And I'll prove it to you. Because it's juxtaposed with outcrop of rock. Now, outcrop of rock, clearly you cannot plant. So you see that just as the outcrop of... So, ah, but what about the deep ditch? Maybe it could be planted. No, it's full of water. Therefore, it cannot be planted. So these things are calculated on its own true value, not as part of the 50 shekel per base course. So, like this. so therefore, why does it have to be 10 tfachim? Even if the ditch is less than 10 tfachim, if you want to tell them it's full of water, it's not able to produce, or the, the same, and the outcrop of, why does it make a difference if it's 10 tfachim or more? Even less than 10 tfachim, it should not be calculated, cannot produce. Tomorrow says like this, is that if it's less than 10 tfachim, it's considered to be like a crevice of the land. It's like bottle to the land. It's like considered part of the property. Or geshidra, the outcrop is considered like the spine of the land. And therefore it is calculated because it's considered to be like a natural part of the land. When it's more, 10 tfachim or more, then we can't look at it as part of the land. Then it's considered to be like a separate domain unto itself. So it's more like this. Now, that's the law of Gabe Hegdish. Gabe mecher, sale is the same thing. If I go to someone and I'm going to sell you a piece of property and I tell him the dimensions of the property and he comes along and he finds that in that property you have an outcrop that's 10 tfachim high or more or you have a ditch that's 10 tfachim more, he can turn around and say, one second, I didn't accept in the purchase that there's going to be these... Uh, 
these items. That's not considered part of my purchase. So Gabe Mecher Naatanana Omil Khaber base kur of Animokal, I'm selling you a base kur of soil. And you have these ditches that are ten fachim deep. You have these rocks that are ten fachim high. They don't get measured with the rest of the field. Because if it's less than that, then it's bottled to it like we saw before. It's like a crevice of the field. It's natural to fields to have these areas. It's measured. Now over there, the guy, it doesn't have to be filled with water because filled with water doesn't make a difference over there. The guy can say, that wasn't part of what I agreed. Filled with water only makes a difference when, it's, when you want to use the calculation for the base amygdala. But here, it doesn't matter. Now, but uh, my time, what's the reason? So I'm going to say, Adam Rotsa, she eaten as my osa besodacha. She Adam Rotsa, she ain't Adam Rotsa, she eaten as my osa besodachas. A person doesn't have to pay for one field, virulo beshnaim shlojimakomas. And now he's responsible for three separate areas. So therefore, there it doesn't matter whether it's filled with water or not. Even if it is able, the ditch is wide enough that you could actually seed it, but it's still considered to be a significantly different area. I paid for one place, I did not pay for three. Hachamai, now it circles back. You said to a woman, I'm going to show you a base kur. What if that base kur that you're showing her has outcrop of rock or has ditches in it? What's going to be the halacha in this particular? Is it fulfilling your condition or not? Is it more like the hentish situation or is it more like the, the, the sale? So what it says like this, do compare it to Hegdish, and therefore, all right, so in the case of Hegdish, we said it does become consecrated, you just calculate it differently, but it does, it does become consecrated. But in the Hegdish, Rashi points out, in the Hegdish case, it's only problematic if it's filled with water. If it's not filled with water, it would be okay. So therefore here too, if it's not filled with water, maybe it would be okay. Or it's like the case of sale, then the sale, it's not what I expected, three different places, even if it's not filled with water, it's problematic, it cannot Included. So, Mr. here makes more sense. You consider the Hegdish. Why? Because the bottom line is, she just needs property that she can Secure, get. Yeah, she right. needs, she can get. So, therefore, even if it took like three places, as long as you can uh, generate uh, Parnassa from the area, it's like, it, it, as long as no water in it, you can get produce. So, therefore, in her, therefore, this is more considered like the Hegdish model, that it's not filled with water. It is considered calculated and consecrated. Here, too, he has shown her what he said. I, now, it looks like two, three places. What does she care what it looks like two, three places? Bring me the money. You can bring me the money. In her mind, it is okay. So, therefore, the Amal, he says to what do you care about? It looks like two, three people. I'm going to bring you the crops. I'm going to bring you the farms from it. A little more headache for me, but that's my problem, that is not your problem. Shall we stop over here? Does anyone have an idea what time Minch